0: invite you here. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you inhabit our praises, and so we know that you are going to be here. I pray that we can just bless your name and make you glad that our worship can be a sweet, sweet smell to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. what situation you're in he is with you hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, we're so glad to have you here. If you want to go around and just say hi to somebody real quick.
1: Out to you. Use your voice a little here. We worship you. We praise you. Don't be shy. We're in the house of the Lord. Never be shy to lift the praises up to you. We worship you. here at church, you can find his presence when you seek him in your bedroom, seek him in your car on the way to work, seek him when you turn the TV off late at night in your living room, and you can find his presence where you want to take time to find his presence. Then you start learning all sorts of stuff. And you learn his voice. And you learn peace. And you learn all these different things that that you can only learn when you're with him. See, I can tell you all sorts of stuff out of the Bible. You need to hear. But until you take time, a lot of this isn't going to sink in the whole way. You know that? You, you, Head knowledge is good. As far as it's good, but but head's got to go right here, and that and part of that comes because you take time and you're in His presence, and, and the presence of the Spirit will work beyond your understanding. It'll work with what you know, but then go beyond your understanding, and you begin to learn Him in a in a, in a deeper way, a stronger. I find, I find that the people who learn the presence of God are people who endure And when, when the winds and the waves are blowing and things are getting crazy, they're, they're the ones that you think are like, what's wrong with them, they're just kind of like at peace in all this. They know the presence of God. They 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 are experiencing him. And when you're when you're consistently experiencing God in his presence, you're not gonna get blown, tossed around by the things light, because you you're knowing him. And he is the one that grounds you and he keeps you, he eats your anchor in a storm. Amen? God is with you always, right? But what we mean by His presence is just moments where it's just sort of manifest, you know. And it, there's just a sense to it. I believe God, God's with me in all that I do. But there's moments when you slow down enough to pay attention to it, you know what I mean? And it's just more manifest. You, you feel it. And it's not always an emotional thing, but but you just you just kind of have this sense, man. God is is, is here, and He's with. You. Now we'll be people of His presence. Means a lot. Uh, we'll praise You, praise You, Jesus, praise You. Jesus. A- anybody have uh, anybody got any, any mess going on with your body, physical stuff happening that you want prayer about tonight? Anybody? Nobody. Generally, when I Okay, at the at the end of service, we're gonna pray about it. Okay, that was on my heart. So when I close up tonight, we're gonna do that. Amen. All right, let's take up your your giving tonight. So if you have some tithe and offering, prep it. Um, I'm just gonna pray over it, and I'm assuming if, if you got it, you're ready. Lord, Lord, we uh we praise you tonight. We worship you, in, in our giving tonight, I just pray that you're glorified. Lord, that all that we do you are glorified and I pray as we give tonight that uh, it's just another reminder of, of your goodness and your faithfulness to us and we thank you for that in Jesus name amen amen if you have something you can bring it uh I got a couple uh, quick announcements before we get into the word tonight um it is you thing out tonight so uh they busted out down there for their uh get together downstairs um Small groups are, are rolling, and if you did not know, we have we have both uh, ladies and men small groups happening. So if, if you want to be a part of one and you didn't know about that, let let me know and I'll get you connected to a small group. And they're they're an important part of who we are because of our values. Remember, we we live by faith. We value relationships. Small groups help right there. And then of course we're rescuers. So uh, small groups help us in the value of. of of our relationships together. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Here's something that's coming up. Now, we just have come out of the 21 days of prayer, but don't stop praying, right? I mean, that, that was just a, a focused time, but we are people of prayer. So uh, every month, I know we had to cancel the last couple of Mondays. We weren't sure the weather was up and down. We'll have prayer this Monday from 6 to 7. Be here for that, but be a person of prayer. But I have another challenge for... Um, the month of February. Amen. How many all like to be challenged? Anybody? Okay, I hope so. you're like, it depends on what it is. I'll let you know after you say it, right? So we just did 21 days of prayer. I want to challenge you. Now that was that was in, in, in your time of prayer. This is a challenge in your scripture time. Okay? So we're challenging you from January the 6th. Sunday, all the way through January the 27th, 21 days, that each day during that 21 days that you read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, so you can add it to your regular reading time or maybe you let that take it over for those 21 days, uh, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, it is, it is what has been called the constitution of the Christian faith, you want to look at it that way, it's so important, it's the longest continual teaching of Jesus that we have in the scriptures. And uh, I shared this with you before. There was a time period, I think, for a year and a half, almost two years, I read the Sermon on the Mount almost every day. I won't won't lie and say every day. Almost 96% of the days, I read the Sermon on the Mount for for a year and a half or longer. And and I felt the Lord draw me to do that, and it had a dramatic impact on the way that I started to see some things scripturally. And then, and then when that happens, then it has a tendency, what, to seep into your life. And it changed things. So uh, it's obviously not a year and a half, but 21 days. January 6th to 27th, taking time out. And I read it enough, I, I know to tell you this, in a casual reading, it takes about 12 minutes to read it. I read it so much, I knew the time. All right, so about 12 minutes to read Matthew chapter 5 through 7. How many of y'all think you can give 12 minutes a day to your scriptures? Who thinks you can do that? I think you can do that. so that's the challenge. That starts January the 6th, so just want to throw that out. So what we're going to do throughout this year is just throw some things out to challenge you uh, in prayer and the word and things like that. And the other thing, one more thing, is marriage nights, February 11th and 18th, 7 to 9 each night, uh, child care provided. Uh, so please sign up so we know how many are coming. That way we can prep for it properly. But I'm excited about it. We've been prepping for it. Um, yeah, what month did I say? January. It's February. Whatever month I said. It's February. All right. So, anyways, um, and what's cool is they're having Baki's church is having um, the 11th, they're doing it. We're doing it in two weeks. But since Margo and I can't be there, we're shooting a video to show their their night, And then at a later time, the stuff they're shooting, we're going to use it here later in the year. So, it's kind of a, a campus wide uh, thing that we're up to. All right. That's it. So, if you got your Bibles, Thank you, Samara. You may get those out. And um, we, we've been talking on Sundays, we started Sunday anyways, talking about your past. And we're going to continue that this Sunday. By the way, Sunday is One Big Family. Amen. So we got all the, the squirts with us on Sunday. That'll be fun. And, and as you know, they participate in the service and we'll have uh, some young people read some scriptures for us and whatnot. So I'm excited about One Big Family. So we're going to continue talking about your past On Sunday, with one big family, with the story of Joseph. Um, But I want to talk about something that's connected to that. I want to talk about your mind. How you think is vitally important. Amen. Um, See, one of the greatest battles that we have as Christians is the battle of our mind. Your mind, your thought processes, the way you think about things, the way you perceive things, your perception uh, is vitally important. And a lot of times your past shapes how you think. Things you've experienced, the things that have happened to you, the things you've gone through, it shapes how you think, it shapes your perceptions. And and then obviously how you think turns into your actions or your attitudes or just the way you are right? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we're not going to be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world, right? But part of our transformation away from the pattern of the world is to be renewed where? By the renewing of your minds. That's Romans 12, 1 and after. So we don't want to live by the patterns of the world, we want to live in, in, in the way of Jesus. We're, we're a family of faith learning to live the Jesus way together. Amen. And part of that is, is we've got to rethink how we think, if that makes any sense to you. The word repentance is about changing. Repentance is not just asking for forgiveness, but it's a change of life, right? Repentance has a connotation... Of rethinking be transformed by the renewing of your mind you must start to rethink your entire life based on the revelation of Jesus Christ that's a certain way of looking at repentance but because of what we have come out of our mind works a certain way again you have thought processes you have thought patterns your perception and all those different kinds of things it is up here by the way doubt a lot of times takes its root up here, right? We start doubting things. God wants us to deal with our mind. He wants to help us change thought processes that are not of him. Another way you, you can think about it is some of us, the way we think is like a stronghold. It's constantly pushing us in the other direction from the way God would have us process and think and then act. We've got to come to a place where we're thinking things in a renewed life, a new way of being. So, how do we go about changing this? That's what I want to get at is changing the way we think. So uh, I guess an easy example would be, um, if you grew up in an environment, where verbally, you are constantly being put down in some manner. You, you never amount to anything, right? You're not good enough. That builds a thought process in your mind. So when you face things, your initial thought process is, I don't think I can do this. I'm not going to accomplish this, so why try. Right? See, see what I mean? Thought process. That was built in you by experiences of life. But how many know that kind of a thought process is not of God? Right? So we've got to come to this place where we begin to renew our mind. That's one example. It could be a thousand different things. Okay? But how you think is vital to how you just live your everyday life. God has taken us somewhere, but sometimes our minds, the way we think, hold us back. So here's the big thing right here. If you're going to write something down, write this down. The way your mind starts to be removed is focusing on what did God say? That's the whole ball of wax right there. What has God said? And whatever God has said, start lining it up with the way you think. And if there's any discrepancy between the two, you've got to get in on what God has said and not the way you think. So, I'm not good enough. Well, we know that, that God doesn't speak that way to you, does he? No. Has God said that about you? No. Is that the testimony of scripture? Absolutely not. But if the environment or something that has happened to you that you grew up in, or, or it makes you think that way, well, you've got to come to this place that I've got to begin to deal with these things. And I've got to start thinking the way God thinks about me, not the way this person or that person or that circumstance shaped me to think. And what the enemy loves to do is he loves to keep you in those spots. So, one of the most, one of the most, my most favorite things to say to people is, "I believe in you." That's so simple, but that pushes so hard against what a lot of people think about themselves because of whatever's happened in their past. I believe in you. And and sometimes people, and then sometimes people go, mm, "Really? Why? Why?" Well, because I believe in God. And because of who he is, I know that he can be whatever you need him to be, so I believe in you. Because God is your word, not what you have received from some other source. God's your word. So the place where we start by, the what, what has God said? Well, he said quite a bit. And one place you can start is right here. Yeah, well, that's just simple and basic, but yeah, it's right here. Now, I know, I know we're Pentecostal. We, we love to hear a word, right? Amen. That's all fine and dandy, but you don't have to look very far to get one from God. I'm, I'm all about the other stuff, but let's start right here. Amen. By the way, anytime you hear something that's, well, this is the word of God, but it's not lined up with this, well, what does that tell you? <laughs> that wasn't from him. This is our source. So what has God said in his word? But then also, what are the things that you, you felt in your heart or have impressed upon you in some manner about you that are words from him? What has he said? Now, again, there may be a thought about yourself or the way you think about something that when you see what God has said, but it's different in your mind, you understand right there that this needs to change. How do we go about changing it? That's easy to say, but how do we how do we transform ourselves by the renewing of our mind? How is our mind renewed? You've got to learn this thing called meditation. Now when you think meditation, I, I know we all of a sudden think about other religion stuff, but you know meditation is in the Word. You've got to let the Word roll around in your mind because the more it rolls around in your mind the more it starts to tumble down into your heart and the word meditating on his word is it will constantly confront these thought processes or words of the past from other sources that are opposite of what this word has said you got to meditate on his word Nobody loves me. Well, the Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of God. What are you going to believe? So you're you're going to have to get Romans 8, 28, or whatever it is, and you memorize it, and you meditate on it. And and when you start feeling that thing, nobody loves me, that's got to crop up in your brain. Oh, wait, 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 wait. God said nothing can separate me from his love. I am absolutely loved. And there's a war, it's a battle of your mind. But you meditate on his word enough that the word starts to take over, right? So you got to get on what God has said. But to be that, you got to be people of the word. And and so, so you're sitting in church and you hear something from the pulpit Who's that a word from if the guy in the pulpit's doing his job? That's a word from the Lord, too, right? Do you believe what, what's being taught? See, so, so why, why do we teach? Why do we teach? Because we're trying to get it in here. So, so it eventually gets down in here. And now I'm changing, I'm becoming, you know? So, I mean, you hear things like... Um, uh, Let's see, I wrote a couple things down. So so you see things in the word. You are more than conquerors. Is that in the Bible? That's what God has said. What I just said, nothing can separate you from his love. Is that in the word? Absolutely. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Is that in the word? Yeah. Uh, Well, of course, we can say, for God so loved the world that he sent one and only son and who would ever believe in him. Do you believe that? Is that in the word? We we could stand here all night long and just throw out little snippets of scripture like that. Those are things that God has said, and those are the kind of ways that you need to think. I am more than a conqueror in the things I face in this life. I am absolutely loved by God, and nothing can separate me from it. Matter of fact, God has forgiven me of my sins and I am in no condemnation for my past. I've been set free. I don't have to have a guilty mind, shameful mind. You see what I mean? So you've got to get in on what has God said. You have to open yourself up in prayer too. You know? Again, prayer is not just rolling through your list of needs, which you need to do, but then allowing God to do what he can do. Because prayer is a time that you're formed as much as you're asking. And God works in our time. Again, when you slow down and get in his presence and learn his presence, things are instilled in you. Right? So what has God said? So I, I would guarantee any negative thought that you have, or a negative thought process that you have, if you went to the Word, you probably can find the opposite of it there, in some shape or form. I bet. So I bet if, if I if I gave you a piece of paper, and you say, "Okay, I want you to write down the negative thoughts you have or negative thought process," and you start writing it down. Well, well, I struggle in thinking about this. I don't think I can do this. Shh, and all the and we sat down with your paper and we got into words. Well, let's find what the Bible says about that right there. You're going to find, oh my goodness, God has said a whole lot speaking to this situation. So what reports are you going to believe? Do you believe what God has said? Or do you believe what has been built into your life at this point? Now, if you believe what God has said, I would grab hold of it. And I would not let it go until it got down into my being, into my soul. And there's actual transformation. And and believe this or not, believe it though, that that thought process or pattern or stronghold, whatever it is, will be changed. Right? Remember, Remember when God met Moses at the burning bush and he threw out this big giant purpose to him? hey, Go to the to the most the strongest nation in the entire world, to this leader, Pharaoh, and tell him to let my people go. And what did Moses do? He gave all these excuses why he couldn't do it. Even the point I even, I can't even talk right. I don't know what that means. Did he have a speech impediment? Did, did he get too nervous? I don't know. Whatever that meant. Whatever was in his brain was saying, I can't do what God has asked me to do. And here come all the excuses why, that were born out of this, I can't do it. And here it came. And the Bible says that the anger of the Lord, see, sometimes God doesn't play around, right? And the anger of the Lord burned against him. In other words, look, I'm done with all your excuses and your thought process here. I have said it, believe it, let's go, right? It was calling him in. So, and and you probably can think of examples of your own life. So when I felt called to go into ministry, I was like, wow, that's cool. And when I thought about it, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I did a little Moses thing. You know what? I don't like people. I'm serious. I was just like, I don't like talking to people. Pastoring is all about being with people. I hate talking in front of people. That's like the biggest nightmare of my life. You know, I've I told you that before. When I was in high school, if I had a speech in English class, I wasn't saved, and I'd still pray for Jesus to come back before I had to give that speech. I hated it. You know, all these different things that are involved in it, I was just like, I don't know about that. And there's a thought process that changed That's the way of thinking. Say, you know what, do I, really, do I really believe what I felt? Yeah? Okay. Then why wouldn't it be possible? Why couldn't I not do this? Isn't this the God of the universe that said this? Well, yeah. Oh, cool. So what are you going to believe? So, some knucklehead in, in my, I was calling them a knucklehead, I shouldn't say that, but they were. They, they said nasty and mean, do I believe that kid from junior high, do I believe what God has said? You see what I mean? Where are we drawing our truth from? So you've got to be people of the Word, and we have to learn to meditate on the Word. So you have gen- I'm assuming you may have some general reading, which is great. But then there are specific things that you face in life. Go search it out. And find something to do with that, memorize it, and begin to meditate on it. So, again, if I struggled with feeling loved, I'd, I'd find all the verses, and there's a whole lot of them, that deal with love in the Bible, how much God loves us. And then learn, learn what it means to be in a church setting where we love one another, as a church community, and, and all, all that kind of stuff. There's so much that you can meditate on that change that thought process. But you have to take time to do it. You have to take the effort. What happens is when you take that step, and the Holy Spirit's like, yes. And He gets in on it. And He's with you. Because the author of the word is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is the only author of a book that when you open it up, He's right there with you. Thank goodness. So you know, I all know Samara wrote a book. So I got, I'm finally reading it. I'm very glad when I open it up, Samara's not standing there next to me. She's thankful for that too, right? But I'm very thankful when I open this up, the author of the book's with me. And when I jump in on it and jump into it, he is helping this become alive and real. So I'm meditating on his word. The Holy Spirit's working with me to see that change happen in my mind and my thoughts. Amen. He's with you. to change, the negative perceptions, the the negative way you think about things, all the ways that you put yourself down and and box yourself in and put a ceiling on your purpose and and what you can do, he's there to change that. So you can become who who God intends you to be in in your fullness. Amen. All right. Philippians chapter 4. We referenced the word, but let's actually get in on a verse here. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. For the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that your request be known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and also your what your minds in Christ Jesus. Now watch, watch what goes along with this finding of peace and 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 not being anxious about life. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. We've got to think on things above. The things of God. The things of the kingdom. The things that are excellent and pure and just. The things that come from God. Think on these things. What you think about makes a difference. So if, if you're in a place where all of a sudden you have negative thought or you're rolling through something and, you're just, and it's just a negative way of going about it, you've got to catch yourself and call it what it is. That's not of God. Stop. What can I roll around in my mind scripturally on what God has said? Do so. Combat it. Right there. Combat it. And then along with that, then start thinking on good things. Goodness of God. The faithfulness of God. The justice of God. How God is with me. How God doesn't forsake me. How God is my strength. He's my my source. He's my refuge. He's my stronghold. A great place to do this is the Psalms, by the way, but that's another story. And we think about these things. And we build within us a thought process that's honorable, it's worshipful, and it's based on His Word and who we are. Amen. All right, one more, and we'll close up. Second Corinthians chapter ten, and verse number one. Says I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble and face to face with you, but bold towards you when I'm away, I beg of you that when I'm present, I may not uh, have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect of us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk according walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy, what, strongholds. We destroy every argument, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take captive every thought and, and to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So you are being raised in the knowledge of God. Any thought, That is, against that, take it captive and deal with it. That thought, that way of thinking, that process, that perception, is not of God. As a matter of fact, as I'm growing in the revelation of God, it's it's become very apparent that this is actually not of him. Take it captive. Other translations say that a cast down vain imagination. That we, we... take out of our mind, we deal with what's in our mind that's simply not of Him. Battle of your mind. Amen. So if you want to continue to take steps into the life and the fullness of life that God has for you, you may have some battles right here. Right? My encouragement to you is to fight grab hold of the Holy Spirit and says okay I don't want to think that way anymore about myself about somebody else about my ability to accomplish my ability to, to do this or do that no 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 I want fully to be in what God has said and in that is what the fullness of life let's, let's start fighting up here Amen? All right. Let's see what, what God can do with us. Now, uh, what's going to happen is, by the way, I'll just say this and I'll pray and we'll, we'll pray for those. Some, somebody get Nathan for me, please. I know he was down there. Somebody can get Nathan, please. Um, uh, what's going to happen is this. So, I gave an example and, and immediately, my thought went to the person I called knucklehead in, in junior high. There was a connection in my life to a thought process to a specific circumstance. When you start to fight battles of your mind, you're going to probably start seeing instances of your life where this stuff came from. Right? Because we have often been shaped by things. Again, things, circumstances, uh, things people have said, that whole deal. What's going to happen is you're going to start being confronted with forgiveness. And, and we were talking about that Sunday. We're going to hit that again this Sunday. To fully deal with your past, eventually you're going to have to learn how to forgive things that have happened in your past. That's not easy. It's always easier said than done. But it's necessary. So, um, so Sunday, when we talk about Joseph, his life was moving on and doing great. And everything was honky-dory, and he's doing all this stuff in Egypt. Then his brothers show up, and he's confronted by his past. What's he going to do? See what I mean? You're going to have to learn how to deal with your past. Because to sometimes, sometimes, the only way you can fully uproot something is through forgiveness, right? So I would encourage you, so, so it, and let's it, again back to this example. It, the one I used earlier, it's, it's an easy example just to throw this one out. So if you grew up in a home where a parent was always saying, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, and, and it developed a thought process in you that later in life, when you start to do things, I'm not sure I'm good enough to do this. You have to deal with that thought process, but eventually you're going to have to get back to that parent in your heart anyways and learn how to forgive. You see what I mean? But the Holy Spirit that can help change your thought process, the same Holy Spirit that's going to teach you how to forgive. Even when you don't want to. A lot of times this stuff goes hand in hand. Amen? All right. Amen. So Nathan, come help me. I'm going to have Nathan come down. So a couple... Judah, and somebody else. Was it Lindsay? Come on down. They, they asked if they could have prayer for, their, for something in their physical bodies. Now, I'm going to have you pray with them. I'm going to pray too. Let me pray over everybody else. I'm going to dismiss you. Then we're going to jump in and pray with these guys. Lord, we thank you for tonight. Lord, help us in the battle of our mind. Help us change us, Lord, to be everything you intend us to be. Lord, Lord as we're dealing with our past so it doesn't continue to affect our present and, and, and our future, Lord. Help us be everything, Lord. Everything that is by what you have said. In all the areas of our life, Lord, that we're moving forward into the new life and the purpose of who you are. Lord, lead us. Lord, guide us. Lord, help us. We thank you for our to help we, we thank you for all the things that you have already done, but the things you're going to continue to do. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, be blessed. See you Sunday. Bring somebody out with you. Invite some friends. If you want to help us pray with, with these guys down here, you can come. Come on over here, Lynn.